You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Mark Watson. And I'm Michael Tacrovetti. Welcome to Mankind. We talk to a fantastic range of guests about, well, masculinity. Where does it come from? What does it mean? And what is it, basically? Every week we loosely... Very loosely. Sometimes very loosely talk about issues around maleness, gender identity, that sort of thing. What makes people people, really? Exactly. Mark Watson here, uh... At Impatient Productions HQ, introducing this week's Mankind, which is actually an old one if you are one of our uh, small, very beloved band of followers uh, on Patreon, you'll have, whatever they're called, subscribers, I suppose, then you heard this a while ago, or if you were there live in Edinburgh, you might have heard it, because that is, uh, well, no, if you were live there, you definitely did hear it, unless you just ignored the whole thing happening in front of you, because that's where this was recorded, it's one of our two live episodes from The Fringe last year with the amazing Jordan Gray, who's in the process of becoming very famous as we recorded it, and is more famous now. So, as with the Ruben K one, I don't remember it that clearly, except uh, being massively impressed by Jordan, as everyone always is. So, uh, enjoy. Please welcome to the stage, in the first instance, although there is a guest coming, uh, your hosts, Michael Jackberti and Mark Watson. Good evening. Hello. How are we all? Right. Evening is. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> In this room, it really is always evening, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, yes, thank you for coming. Um, and uh, well. Well, welcome. Thank you. This is the second one we've done. Yesterday was the first one. Um, so you <laughs> they, are... They the, could have worked that out from the, the second data, guinea pigs. Probably, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so live ones are still a bit new to us, really, but I think it's going all right. Yeah. Michael's not even a live performer. He's got no right to be here. No. Uh, and yeah, um, <laughs> But he made a real... I made a good stab at it. You were very good yesterday, actually. Um, For those of you who don't know, this is a podcast, um, well, this will be the 52nd episode. We talk about masculinity, men, that sort of thing. Uh, Tends to veer off a bit, but that's where we start. It quite often veers off a bit. There's often a bit where Michael's too young to know about something. And there's often a bit where Michael's too gay for me to understand what he's talking about. um, (laughs) (laughs) He laughs like that and says something like, yeah, I have got a rope ladder. And you think, fucking hell, here we go. (laughs) Um, But we always have a lovely guest, and we have a brilliant guest today, fresh off selling out all of their shows on The Fringe, and a a new one tonight. Extra extra show tonight, close to selling that out as well. Yes, an unstoppable uh, fraud. I don't don't like to see other people do this. Uh, Do well. Yeah. um, (laughs) Now and again, a a new comedian. Also, I've seen the show. It was great. The success, and it is massive success, is well-deserved. So we're going to ask her to 
Yes, as, on, as we do on the podcast, uh, and as Mark commented, apparently say it every week on the podcast, but it's the least offensive way to do things. You to do ask you them s- to introduce you, themselves. You do always say that. We sometimes cut it out, but you always say, it, yeah. <laughs> I've heard you say that phrase That's fifty-two times. We will miss. We'll miss out all the edits. So sorry for the ums and ahs. Anyway, uh, we had the lovely Jordan Gray. Hello, Jordan. Do you want to say who you are? Uh, hi, hi, all. Hi, this is a Hollywood actor, Jeff Goldblum. Hi. What a bluff! It's actually Goldblum. <laughs> No, that's not really. It's Jordan Gray. Oh, this is my blower, so I can come out. Jordan Gray! <laughs> Imagine if, if then it was Goldblum and it was a... I've d- heard he's not a very nice man. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I know. Sorry to come someone, out straight out y- the gate Someone yelped at that. <laughs> I put way too much time into that impression to find out he's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, that was three weeks to master that. Uh, <laughs> well, he mildly inconvenienced the drag queen. I mean, mildly inconvenience could be a lot of things. Just like got in their way at a bus stop. Well, they were filming Drag Race and he wasn't nice to them. Oh, man. If we lose Goldblum, who's left? (laughs) (laughs) Into the breach, you two may stand. Yeah, but I don't think either of us is a made-to-measure replacement for Jeff Goldblum. uh, Have you ever inconvenienced the drag queen, Mark? Well, I suppose I've made them go on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I've inconvenienced them by booking them for this, yeah. Have you, Jordan? I, I quite enjoy the company of a drag queen. I, I first discovered my sexuality when I saw a drag queen eating a banana and it made my tummy feel all funny. Well, in, in that case, I think <laughs> we, might really co- nice. we might come back to our traditional first question and go straight for this, actually. <laughs> I, uh, is that true? Yeah, it was at Pride and I might have been 12 years old. Did you have like an off curry before about the stomach? Or? Oh no, you're making me question my entire sexuality. <laughs> I think you know if it's the shits versus a complete change in your worldview. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes no, the two come at the same time. It, it, it yeah. can be one after the other, yeah, if it's really bad. Um, <laughs> Nothing came 12, out of me. Twelve, you said at Pride. That's about right, isn't it? What, what do you think? About 12, 13, when your sexuality goes, and then suddenly, whatever you're looking at at that moment defines the rest of your life. <laughs> and I saw a drag queen eating a banana. But they were like, there's a new, <laughs> the new school of drag. Because there's two different kinds of drags. There's old school drag, and then there's sort of very feminine, uh, uh, copying feminine looks. <laughs> That's right. In fact, we had this yesterday, didn't we? We had Ruben Kay yesterday, who's um, you know, a great drag act, but yeah. not deliberately not very feminine seeming and uh, he plays with both i think he kind of borrows a bit from each 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 side yeah are we familiar with ruben k ruben k is like an alien king it's the most beautiful <laughs> thing on this planet that is exactly right if you were here yesterday alien king is exactly well, i think right, he though. kind of described himself as alien king sort of by the end of the night uh, yeah he was happy to accept he was beautiful but he is to be absolutely <laughs> fair. I, um, I think that's how he introduced himself actually to be fair yeah he, he brought himself on saying i'm beautiful and talented and we didn't argue it's just that <laughs> you and i don't speak in that way about ourselves uh, um but yeah you're right he's a phenomenal looking so human. beautiful and so talented like a stallion of a person. Have you ever seen him perform? Sort of looks, he always looks like he's up on his haunches like a horse. It's the closest Beautiful. to a stallion I've seen on stage, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I went to see Megan the Stallion, but I haven't had that opportunity. I, um, yet. Y- yet. Yet. Yeah. Um, can you describe then your life pre and post oh. seeing this banana? I'd like to quickly eaten. just find out how are they eating the banana? Like what yeah. was the... Sensually, I imagine, because that's In what pieces? happened. Before that, all I saw, all I remember was Pokemon cards, and then I remember, <laughs> and then I remember all the rest of life. So it really changed my life. It's a big step up from Pokemon to real people, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I um, remember Pokemon cards from me and saw it. See, yeah. <laughs> as a Charizard in there as well. I've got to catch other things. You thought. <laughs> um, 
that's not bad for someone too <laughs> old. Good. For someone like too that. old for Pokemon, yeah. yeah. So what, what did you think your sexuality was going into that? Like null and void on account of being a child. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd never really. So that was your, that was your moment. Yeah. yeah, because my mum's like a lovely big old lesbian, right? And she's she was uh, uh, the she, best kind. The best kind. She's a wonderful <laughs> lesbian, and she uh, she founded that hate crime campaign, but not like for doing hate crimes. That's <laughs> like, gonna say against hate crimes. <laughs> You're very comfortable segueing yeah. into that. This uh, might need a bit more digging. <laughs> yeah, she really inconvenienced a bunch of drag queens. Um, she, she founded that hate crime campaign that stops people doing hate crimes. And so I got taken to loads of prides when I was a little kid. Amazing. And I got to see like, ah, uh, All Stars, Graham Norton. I can only think of those two, but there was loads more than that. <laughs> and then I saw this drag queen. And yeah, they was just like, they were just backstage and hungry. That's all it was. It wasn't We've all a eaten a banana backstage, but it doesn't always change someone's life. Right, yeah, I agree. I agree. It was, it was good timing. So what was it about the drag queen that kind of made you feel that excitement? <gasps> That's such a good question. Is it an thank open? you. Oh, yeah, fucking thanks. hell. I hate it when this happens. <laughs> thank you. Quite early for a compliment about my questioning, but thank you very much. At least once an episode, Jordan, someone <laughs> says, that, the guest says, that was a really good question. And it's normally Michael's question. And Michael goes, thank you. I thought of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I should thank people for compliments. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, no, you're very gracious about it. It's just... And humble and talented. You're a great, you're a, you're a great guy. Yeah. Mm, Just yeah. one day, I'd like to ask a good question. Carry on, Jordan. <laughs> uh, what was the question? It was a good one, but I can't remember. It was so it was. good that it's, it's What was it about the drag queen that sort of like? It's an overt sexuality, isn't it? The things mm. that define uh, feminine and masculine to that character, they've amplified them. So, like, they've put bigger lips, which is, you know, a, a, an evolutionary imperative that we recognize blood flow to the lips. So they were really red and big old hair and eyelashes and all, all uh, signs of femininity. Because I like me some men and some women and some everybody in between. But this was like a, a very feminine thing. And it was very cool. That, <laughs> that kind of like leads on to the first question that we're going to ask, um, which has changed recently um, into what do you think of when you see masculinity? I don't know about you, Mark. I think that was an excellent question. <laughs> what a great question. I don't want to bring this up, but Mark hasn't actually been complimented on a question yet no, in but, 52 episodes. But that question is, is, we always ask that. That's a joint question. Yeah. You, but I came up with it. Yeah, 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 you, you, <laughs> I wrote it in the text and you said, yeah, sure. I wrote it in the text. <laughs> and I can do that all afternoon, pal. And, and it works with nearly every phrase. <laughs> The question, what, what, what do I think masculine? Well, what do you think about, of when I say the yeah, word? What's yeah. the word? There's like the, the cliche thing that the, the reptile brain says, which is like maybe like lone wolf, uh, solo mission type of a person. The thing that I really identify as uh, in terms of femininity is keeping a group of people together, like keeping a social construct together. So I always think of masculine as the opposite of that, climbing a tree on your own to grab an apple. You feel like femininity is all about the collective and yeah. masculinity is about the sort of scramble and to the of top. Of course, there's massive outliers, but just from an evolutionary standpoint, yeah, being able to heighten social skills of femininity to keep a group together while a certain uh, a masculine form with good spatial awareness would go out and hunt stuff. That's obviously changed over millions of years, but that's... It's certainly changed. Have you ever been hunting for something? <laughs> I wouldn't say I had great spatial awareness, Jordan. Have you climbed no, a tree I, before? No comment. <laughs> I, um... What a great question. That was a great question. <laughs> it was a fucking great question, yeah. No, men have evolved quite a bit before I was spat out, it's fair to say. But, um, I mean, we haven't actually talked about... Uh, you're, you're trans and... No, I'm not. Is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I've never felt someone Im clench. Imagine. <laughs> so hard. Sometimes we get the terms wrong. <laughs> Imagine if you said that's a shit question. And then, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, there's, there's, everyone here knows, uh, I should say a bit about you, but for, for our listeners, can you describe a bit about your um, 
Yeah, your, your history, gender-wise, I suppose, because it does set everything else into context. Yeah, I'm, I'm a transgender woman. I was born uh, a boy, I suppose, or a baby with, with a willy. That situation hasn't changed, but my feelings about it have changed. And, <laughs> I, and I've got a, I had a boob job, so now i am got a bit of both. And I quite like that novel combination. I've seen the show and I can vouch for all this. Oh my God, I forgot that you've seen me nude. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen your tits and your penis. Crack on. Uh, <laughs> it's really I don't interesting. say that to every guest. I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> when people have been talking about the show and they're like, oh, this has got everything. There's boobs, there's willies. And then people are like, but it's only a one person show. And we're like, come and see it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a one-person person. person. <laughs> I always just say it means that I used to be miserable, and now I'm very happy with my life. That's what that's how I say to kids, and they seem to understand. But yeah, like so, I've I've moved into the feminine sphere, and I, I feel like that's where my talents are best utilized. And how long how long ago did that? Well, maybe psychologically it happens a long time ago. But I mean, what's been the process? Seven years. I was in Sweden. I was living on a ranch in Sweden, and my job was to chop the firewood for the winter. And I was shirtless in a forest with an axe chopping firewood. And I was like, "This feels really, really weird." So then I, I overcompensated and I bought that. Have you ever, guys, ever heard of the um, Insanity Workout series? The eight yeah, DVD. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. bought that <laughs> right to try and beef up because I had these thoughts of, "This isn't right. I need to get even bigger and really, really strong." And it, it really backfired. I think I fried my pituitary glands with supplements. <laughs> and uh, The whole problem. That might be what, why. <laughs> Maybe it burned it out of my brain. But just I, was, I overcompensated and then I went the other way. You can see right now, I'm not exactly the most feminine looking person you've ever seen. I'm a bit of a tomboy, which probably seems like a massive waste of time. Being <laughs> transgender could have just stayed. But um, I like it. That's good. I mean, it's you should like it, I suppose. Amazing. That's kind of yeah. the goal, really. Where do you, um, when you were growing up, you you kind of mentioned about this kind of herd, evolutionary wise. Were you growing in a herd, or did you feel like a lone wolf? I grew up with that? a bunch of yeah sheep. <laughs> I was, was raised good, by sheep. That was good. Yeah, it's a great question. No, you're just not. You're just on fire. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Do you mean growing up in a supportive social group of people? Yeah, I suppose so. I was never a, like a lad. I was always curious about this with the two of you. Did you feel growing up that you were laddy? No. In the early days. Really? Surprise. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this a bit on the podcast But you before. didn't either, really. No. My thing was that I was, um, I was into a lot of stuff like football, which lads were supposed to be. But I knew I wasn't really one of those guys. And I, it's like I was also into medieval literature, which is like less of a lad cliche. And, um, <laughs> but part of the reason that, that, that we were together well is that um, I am like sort of quite a basic straight man in a lot of ways but with a yearning to understand the world beyond that so but no I didn't feel like a lad I didn't feel like a normal and I still see big groups of like pissed up guys and think I'm not really that but I have enough of a foot in the straight camp to also understand how that feels whereas Michael's history with it is never having been that guy I think yeah no I kind of I wasn't like unpopular, but I wasn't, I was kind of on the periphery and I was always kind of hanging out with groups of older girls. That's kind of the vibe that I went for. And actually most of my friends were girls as well. Like yeah. it, it's, it, it's, and football's yeah. terrifying to me still now. I, someone kicked a ball to, to me recently to kind of ask me to like, join in with a game no. and the fear. <laughs> they couldn't have chosen the worst person oh, on planet Earth. I, 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 yeah. For a moment, I left my body. Go, mate, pass it back. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Wait, you, I didn't were you, try. You were passing an active game of football and someone went, oh, I'll give him a go. I don't, I don't know what happened. Normally you have to be signed to a team. <laughs> I wasn't really looking. I was, like, I was on my phone and then I looked down and a ball was rolling towards me and they maybe they didn't kick it to me. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm actively prowling the meadows looking for an opportunity. <laughs> I, um, one time I, uh, one time on holiday, people playing cricket and one of them whacked the ball over and I caught it. So the guy was out and then I did look at them like, so uh, 
can I play now? And obviously <laughs> the answer was no, fuck off. But, um, if, so I'm too into I find yeah. football very stressful. And, I, and we've spoken a little bit about it before as well. The, the um, hyper-masculinity of people going there, I find quite... It's like a tribe. It's like a tribal chanting. And yeah, I find and that quite... It's an interesting thing because I, I, I like, love football. I'm always going to football. And I'm very happy within that tribe of like 20,000 shouting people but almost none of the rest of my temperament matches up with that so I'm sort of an outlier in terms of how I relate to right. like I fit into masculine tropes but I don't feel like I'm that it's worth saying really. as well not everybody does that and no. like if straight people walked into a, a gay bar playing drag race like they would be like what is this braying mob the difference is when we got to nearly the top of Eurovision we didn't trash London <laughs> so we would have won it but for those fucking Ukrainians <laughs> <laughs> that's a football fans take on Eurovision <laughs> uh, by way of not applause, but have we got who's have we got football fans in football? What's the best team? <laughs> <laughs> if only football was organised in such a way as they're always finding that yes. out. Yeah. When I was a child, my dad's from Yorkshire and he said God supports Leeds football team. We so I believe have, that. We don't have data on who God supports. Well, I uh, uh, you're Bristol. Yeah, God definitely doesn't give a shit about us. <laughs> I, um, otherwise, we wouldn't have had the 35 years we have. Your dad's a Yorkshireman. Yeah. A just... proud, proud Yorkshire man. Interesting. Where did you grow up? Essex. You seem pretty East End. Deepest, darkest Essex in a town called Tilbury Town, the famous dock town of Tilbury. I know where that is, yeah. Yeah. I like <laughs> it. It's nice, but it's, uh, it's dirty. What was it like finding your tribe as a young person? Oh, I was a nerd. Big old nerd. And then uh, I was asked if I'd like to join the local grindcore band. So all of my friends grindcore. were, yeah, like, oh, that, uh, sorry. <laughs> grindcore to you sounded like something different, I thought it was, it? Well, well, I wasn't thinking about that, but sure. Yeah. You're, you're always thinking about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, but like, I don't think I've heard the word grindcore. Grindcore is very growly. And so all my friends were goths. So I just became a goth. Being a goth is a uh, going from a goth to transgender woman is a tried and true trajectory. Right, <laughs> it happens a lot because you start. Is by... it really, or are you joking? Oh yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. you learn, you do makeup early. Oh, I suppose. Like, so. And then you, right. and then maybe if that, if you've got somebody inherent in you, then it awakens. And you're transgressing, up. you're outside the norm. Yeah, we're yeah. fucking shit up. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Oh, we can. Oh no, no, we swear a lot. That's the least of the worries. Oh. <laughs> no. oh, I mean, there's got to be a line though, Jordan. Sorry, what was it about being a goth that you liked? It was a, a choice. It was like, well, you could be, you can be one of these three things. I, I went emo option. route. I was kind of the emo route. When right, I was young, emos yeah. or a grunger or a goth. And my friend said, goths wear black and white makeup and they like Marilyn Manson. I was like, do that one. Don't know who Marilyn Manson is, but I'll do that one. Ooh, he's I, a was, bit, I was yeah. an indie kid, obviously. In those days, I used to wear band t-shirts and jeans and stuff, but I've really shaped up since then. <laughs> 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 and I had a sort of floppy, nondescript hairstyle, but I'm unrecognisable. <laughs> Forgotten your roots. Um, I was going to ask a question then. It's gone out of my head. Uh, oh, it was about I bet it's going to be a good one, whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think it was about... There's something about outsiders joining the kind of goth, emo, grunge vibe what do you think that is where's that coming from oh people that feel disenfranchised joining Ooh, it yeah. a lot of the music is about that i mean that's it, it's like a chicken or the egg which came first but it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you join that sort of a group it's a cliche they do it in south park very deftly and very acutely they're like if you're going to be a non-conformist you have to dress exactly like us and do exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. what we do you have to conform to this very clever. Yeah. but you do sort of find that little tribe and 
and a lot of it is just misplaced anger on both sides. Like we're just angry little teenagers, all the hormones raging, but the music that we would listen to, we'd feel like, oh, it, it, it was soothing of our souls rather than the <laughs> that the Rue boys were listening to. That was good. To. That was nice. Oh, thanks very much. I mean, it should have joined the wrong band, apparently. <laughs> It might not be known to everyone here, but Jordan's got a musical, it's fair to say, more than a musical background. I mean, we haven't even touched on this. You're bloody on The Voice. Done The Voice. In 2016, I was the first ever transgender person, which makes me an LGBTQIXYZ-list celebrity. <laughs> that was a bit, and that was hack, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> it was a bit, but it wasn't hack. Not too oh, many people well. can say that, to be yeah. fair. Uh, oh, I'm sick of hearing about trans people that have been on The Voice. That's <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Every yeah, yeah. comic does that. <laughs> uh, it's nice. It's really good. I was with a lady called Paloma Faith. She was my coach. We don't call them judges on the BBC. We call them coaches. Yeah, I remember. I watched it. I mean, Paloma Faith is amazing. Oh, right? She's the best. She's the most vastly intelligent person I've ever met. And she's so, so sweet and kind. And everyone that's met her says she hasn't changed since she was a child. Well, a bit because of being a child, like 18. <laughs> From 18 to now, she's not changed one bit. The first Paloma Faith song I heard was the song called Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful? And at, even at the title, I thought, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I think I choose beautiful. That, I don't, I don't want to know. No, fair enough. Yeah, so that was, I, I remember watching that and you were obviously, I mean, that put you in the public eye as a trans person in a way that not too many people have experienced, probably. Yeah, because no... Like I got a really broad audience straight away. People didn't know what they were looking at and it's my responsibility to be nice and not an idiot until the fame wore off, which was about a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with The Voice. It struggled to find its niche. Yeah, it's, it was really fun. I got so many people come up like two weeks after going, oh, you're that bloke off the X Factor. I'm like, wrong on both counts. <laughs> thanks for playing. Try again. <laughs> Spin the fruit machine again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but really, really nice. And gosh, what an amazing experience. And it means that when I decided to do comedy, which was straight after, I got like, it's something, it's something, it's a wreath to stick on a poster. Mm. So people would give me opportunities I wasn't qualified for, was like it, straight away. Was just, I mean, it's more sort of nosy question from me, really. But was comedy in your mind all along, or nah. did something about the voice make you think? Because it's quite, slightly unusual. I mean, obviously you do music in your show and you're great at it, but um, thanks, Mark. not that many people are in a different area of the performing arts and think. I tell you what, I like stand-up comedy. Yeah, I didn't think about it at all. And then uh, I brought out a single after. But I always get in trouble for saying this because the producer of my single is a really nice person, and he tried really hard. But it was properly bad. The single was really bad. I wrote it. It's my fault. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do with the producer. You shouldn't get in trouble for it. It was awful because we stopped thinking what sounds good to us. And, and we started questioning what's going to sell the most singles to all these people that just saw me on TV. And it yeah. just came out again. <laughs> it was just a dance song that I don't care about. Nobody cared about. And it just But you do, have, you do have a gift for replicating a dance <laughs> yeah. card. It was just that for 10 minutes though. See, that's what oh, I really did. Yeah, grind well. core off the cards. You weren't going <laughs> to scream. No more grind core. No slip not for you. <laughs> no slip not. Um, and it just, it got to number 114 in the charts, which is one less than David Brent's fictional failed <laughs> single. And that told me I probably shouldn't be doing music for a living. <laughs> You want to crack the top 100 if you can. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Although it's higher in the pop charts than we've ever been. Well, I haven't I, tried. Have you fair. tried, though? That's the thing. Should no, we release like, a charity single for Christmas? Did we release a Mankind single? <laughs> we've only... <laughs> Higher than 114 and we've beaten this fucker. So, uh, yes. Imagine if we put a single out. We'd be relying on some of the core audience downloading it yeah, multiple it would, times, yeah. I think. A yeah, lot um, of work put in from you guys. Um, what was the, was there, was there a negative response? Because uh, being trans and visible at the moment is hard. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was very unusual. Half down the middle, 50% people on the old YouTubes going, oh, she's wonderful. And then 50% going, oh, he's really shit. But no crossover. No, she's shit. And no, he's really good. So it makes me think talent's got nothing to do with this equation. It's just how you feel about what you're looking at. And that's how you decide. So everyone was either completely on board with you as a person and an act, or they couldn't get on board with any part of it. What that probably says is that I'm quite a bland performer. So the talent's got nothing to do there. (laughs) And you just go, yeah, if it all sounds the same, all the singers, we're all the same singers on that show. There were some outliers. I wasn't one of them. I wouldn't say a bland performer is how most people describe you. Especially after this show. I think what the stats suggest is that everyone was either into you or was transphobic. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say that. No, but I can and I have. (laughs) And I think that was a great question. It's <laughs> a great question. It's wonderful. Um, but comedy's where my heart is now. I didn't realise I ever would. I never had a plan B. What was your way into comedy then? I don't even know this about you. Because you, 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 I saw you on The Voice and then only quite recently did I realise, hang on, that's the same, that's the same woman as a comedian. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I like Tim Minchin. I thought he's cool. I like Russell Brand because I get compared to him all the time, because if I take this hat off, we have the exact same haircut <laughs> and we've got almost the same accent. So I just thought I'd better look into this young man. Seems to be doing all right. By the way, at this point of recording, I've no idea if Russell Brand is a problematic reference to me. <laughs> I think all of us were thinking that. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah, I have no, no idea. No, I just, no, I don't think we have any idea, but oh, there's okay. always... Um, Tim Minchin's a good reference. No, guest. but Minchin is a previous guest. He's a friend of mine. Tim Minchin's if, wonderful. If he's done anything wrong, then it will have been in the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, yeah. I spoke to him recently. He didn't mention having been cancelled. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so just to, I just wanted to be them. All singers have this thing that they want... All rock stars want to be comedians and all comedians want to be rock stars. It's an old cliche, but I think that's sort of true. I definitely envied how much response you get being a comedian within three minutes. Three minutes. If you do a song that's three minutes long, you don't know if that song's shit until the end because no one's going to do anything in the middle of it. And if they don't do anything at the end, you know it's shit. If they clap, it was good. Comedy, it's every seven to ten seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's true. Whether you want a life where every sense, uh, ten seconds you reassess whether you're, you're being shit or not is uh, <laughs> pressure. For example, there, I failed to say ten seconds correctly, and now I'll, I'll, I'll go to bed thinking about that. I like the um, pressure. I enjoy the pressure of it. Yeah, it depends whether you like constant pressure or not. Basically. Yeah. It'll, it'll thrive on constant. I think you do. You seem like, having seen you, you seem like a former that, that does want that. And I'm the same, but not everyone is the same as that. Like Often comedians do look with envy on musicians for the exact reason you've said. That you can just, like do a whole song and you're not looking for response till the end. And that's that, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's relaxing. It feels relaxing. Yeah. You, People you clap can... politely. They don't laugh politely. That's the other thing. Yeah. I, also, you know, musical comedians, like most comedians that don't have a guitar hate comedians that do have a guitar Yeah, because they get on, do a 45 second song. They get so many rounds of applause and the comedians are at the back muttering, this is fucking cheating. But uh, <laughs> it's not. They just learned a skill and we're talking. Well, and within musical comedy, just... Like, I'm of the opinion that just rhyming stuff doesn't count as a joke, but it does to the audience. Oh, you just yeah. rhyme two words, so everyone's, ah. Oh. Oh. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a few acts you need to tell that to. But, uh, yeah. Name their names. So this sounds like a Coldplay song, but it's different words. Different words. Right, well, you got? I do it all the time. I've got a song where I rhyme vampire with campfire, and I point out in the song how amazing that rhyme is. I stop and I go, that was yeah, good. Bit of a Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Mark. Your new show, you were saying just backstage that you didn't do any previews for it. You just jumped in. That's quite 
intense. I mean, it's obscene. To be this successful and having never done the show before The Fringe, if I didn't like you, I'd dislike you. <laughs> That's a really nice thing to say. I must, <laughs> must offer the caveat that I'd performed the material at piecemeal yeah, before. Right. I'd obviously tried it out five minutes at a time or but, whatever. But never done it as a 60 Never minutes. done it as a 60 Never a... done it as more than a 20. So I stitched together two, three 20s. That is very unusual risky and as a producer i would say uh unnecessarily rash approach to the festival <laughs> and the lesson is more people should be doing that rather than working harder you can overcook it and then by the time you get it you you're bored for sure some people do 30 previews and then they're already jaded by the time they get here but uh yeah you're a, you're a real advertisement for just winging it do your uh, best we're all gonna die I'm, one day gonna, just do your best next year if i have mom looking after any acts that book previews in, I'll cancel them. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're going up there and you start on August the 1st. Jordan Gray did it. But they do need a piano. Like, we've, as we've discussed, it is easier with I'll a I'll get them all the piano. Time. Fuck them. How did you decide on the content of it? Because you, you talk about being trans in the show. Was that always going to be part of that? Or? I think you can't avoid it, really. Uh, the show is called Is It a Bird? And it's a little bit about superheroes, but also I'm from Essex and I'm transgender. So it's like, is it a bird? I don't know. <laughs> but is it a bird is it a plane at the same time yeah it is, it is a good title the poster works really well did it's, you feel like yeah. it was something you had to talk about on stage yeah because like right so if you've got if you're a person there's not many people like this but if you've got like a nose in the middle of your forehead and then you didn't reference it for a whole show people would go please just mention the nose in your forehead <laughs> the nose and is a real elephant talk, in the yeah. room here pal then yeah. we can talk about anything else but just say that please say that first so we can relax so I can't go on and make jokes about gender if people are not sure what gender I am or how I feel about it you want to know what the comedians thinks about stuff that's what we, the best thing about good comedians they we know their opinion on something yeah we right. go yeah. like right now like all the love in the world you go right what does Mark Watson think about football he's just told us but if we didn't know we might be able to have a guess at what you think about football because of your entity and your essence we know how you feel that's what makes a great comedian which is what you are Mark Oh, at last, a bit of Watson love. <laughs> yeah. and this Sorry, I had Michael. I just had to like even it out. No, here, no, no, I, no, but I think you're right. You'll see. You'll see he actually cringes more when you give him compliments. I'm so working. Like... I'm working on it, mate. <laughs> I'm a year into therapy. Um, but you're right. You, you, for your you're therapy right. there. Did you hear it? Sorry. There was one clap for your therapy That's there. That's what I normally get. Yeah, and that is the therapist. <laughs> I, um, you're, she claps me after everyone. Uh, it's, it's the only way I'll agree to That's do it. That's a novel response to therapy. It's 55 minutes, but the last five minutes is just her applauding her me. Applaud uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> but you're, you're right. Like You'll see a lot of talent, like technically talented comedians up here, but you walk away not having learned a thing about who they are or what they believe. And that doesn't mean it was a bad show. Lots of people are really happy with that. In fact, you can see. But for me, the best experience I've had watching comedy here have all you've always walked away thinking I understand the person, I understand life a bit more, and that's yeah. I mean, what's it? The the naked thing is interesting. Is it? Is it? How I've never and will never do that on stage. I don't think. Is it? Sort never, of, um, never, never say never. You never say never. I've been quite naked on stage. Do it. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, does it feel, well, does it feel amazing? Or are there nights when you just don't really want to do it? <laughs> no, like, not to do, it's not, just to talk real about it, this isn't a bit, it's true. The only part of it that is uh, disconcerting is if I've got a tiny, tiny little bit of razor burn around the area, and then I feel embarrassed. Because I want it to be pristine. <laughs> I don't want it to be, but other than that, it is the most amazing feeling in the world. Because it's it's non-sexual. You, yes. you see some boobies and some willies, and your brain goes, Ugh! and then... Two seconds later, it's like it's more like a giant toddler walking around with no clothes on than it is a sexual being. Because I'm an idiot. I'm just a nude idiot. And it's just <laughs> really fun. Why do you take your clothes off at the end? Because I like uh, the idea of an entire room of people having to decide how they feel about the bio- my biology straight away. And every time it shifts to, oh, this is normal. This is fine. It doesn't blend. Nobody's come up and said anything weird. For sure. I was struck watching it by how normal it did feel. So and, normal. And yet I did think, a very short number of years ago, I just haven't, well, I hadn't seen anything like this, but also I would have thought, not would have thought it was weird, it's just, yeah. It's, it's novel. It's, it's, much, it's novel, but it feels instantly much more normal than it ever would have done, which is what you want. I, I don't want it to be behind a pornography paywall. Love a bit of pornography, I'm sure we all do, right? But that, it's do. not that. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it, most people would have seen a nude transgender woman in the context of some pornography, and it shouldn't be a, a shameful experience. Like it's really it's interesting though because there is understandably a lot um from some of my trans friends as well there's a lot of focus on their genitals and on what they have yeah. upstairs or downstairs and it's all people talk about right exactly so it's very it's very interesting then you kind of rather than pushing that away you've lent inwards and it's about that shame yeah well, also I, I don't just go nude and then go bye it's like <laughs> get nude and then do a song and i think that's really nice because right. it's like right well, you've seen me do three songs now another song but i'm nude so well, it must be normal because it's following the pattern of the rest of the show except right. now there's yeah, less yeah, yeah. clothes uh, i like that works really well structurally i thank you i think it's the first time i've seen someone fully naked do a song mention just won't do it <laughs> and, uh, I'm i knew it was problematic I'm, t- I'm, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to persuade him yeah, I like the also. Uh, did you ever have those kids' books where you had to match the top half of a fireman with like the bottom half yeah, of a yeah, policeman? Yeah, yeah. And I like that element of it as well. People's brains go, I, I can't, I can't match it up. I like that. It's a childish thing. It's a really brilliant thing. I think it's a really nice way of kind of going, here we are. What now? Yeah, <laughs> like that it, is a part of it. I, lot- I, I love getting nude and then the very th- first thing I'd be like, so what's your name and where'd you come from to the nearest <laughs> person? And then I point out, I was like, imagine if that was the rest of the show, if I just did some stand-up, just some normal stand-up. It'd be really funny. Be I don't brilliant. do that though. Um, we have shifted our middle question slightly um, to think about people now that we think are good examples of masculinity. Do you know anyone that you think is a good example of masculinity, present company excluded. Present company excluded. It's always excluded. Yeah. Um, very much like 
Wait, no, yeah, excluded. What's the good one? Excluded, like as in you definitely are, but we're going to talk about in, somebody else. Is that excluded? That's in included. You're in. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think the sentiment of Michael's joke, and to be fair, is <laughs> it was, was it a joke. Well, it was sort of a well, joke. Well, it was sort of a joke because we know I am the perfect man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Michael, I think the idea of don't, saying Don't that, say anyone in this room. Yeah. So oh. none of you either. Right. Tim Minch is not here, is he? <laughs> I think Tim's a good example. But but I think that you've got He's had enough prizes, though. <laughs> Sorry, okay, I'm, Your uh, eyes went a different colour there. <laughs> I'm not jealous of him. I don't even know why I would be. There's this great sort of uh, trend of what I love. I love calling like woke blokes in in the nicest way. It's the it's a, in a good word, a good way. Um, people like. Are we familiar with like uh, the podcaster and rapper Scroobius Pip? Yeah, and the whole gang, Rich Wilson comedians. These blokes that are blokey blokes with fat off beards, and they're willing to talk about anything and be wrong about anything. And there's no preconception. They don't feel scared going into a conversation. They'll give you space to talk about stuff. Just woke blokes. That Rich Wilson would be a good guest. Was he on yes. the meeting last, last night? night. Yeah. He'd, he'd be a good guest, I think. Yeah. I think of masculinity as that. Yeah. Uh, smart, sort of ambitious. These, like well, beard, but also emotions, basically. Anything you list when you're talking about any gender, you've got to put a caveat. This is not mutually exclusive to this one gender. Right. Like when I say like ambitious, well, of course women are ambitious. Like it's, it's a great trait. But I think of masculinity as leaning towards being intelligent sort of welcoming when you are actually a man when you're born a man and you feel like you're still a man when you're growing up and you're perhaps a little bit bigger than the average 51 percent of society like so you're a bit bigger you need to realize that about yourself and, and maybe just sort of understand that you might be a little bit intimidating i get scared of i'm like six foot one i still get scared of like big guys a little bit it's a little bit bit me worries that they could kill me in a primeval way not literally i'm sure that guys most guys are really nice but it could kill me and that's a scary thing to be lumbered over by a guy or walking behind you at night it's like i still this is so weird to talk about i still as transgender woman if i'm walking and I, i'm walking behind a woman at night i'll still cross the road and walk separately because i know i'm a six foot tall human that's probably emanating some sort of testosterone whatever and i don't want to scare that person even though i should be able to this made me really emotional i, I should be able this to this is be really like, interesting this is amazing yeah i'm proper tired as well sorry yeah that's the thing that's really weird i've never talked about it i should be able to like All right. yeah Sorry, thanks, thanks for having me can, on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what fun, what fun. Can I touch your elbow in a loving way? No, I don't really Very know sweet. I, I, I cried yeah. too during mine, if that helps. And Mark did as well. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Shut <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to be able to walk past a woman at night and be offering of like, be, are you all right? Or, or do you need to, or just not say anything. But I feel like I have to give them some space. And I would never... I would be terrified to ask if a woman on a train station alone needed some help because my voice is a bit deeper and I'm a bit taller and I'd worry she'd be scared and then I've got to deal with that as well at the same time. And I just want to like be in the group of women. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. I think that day, is, that day will come, but yeah, I know sure. how it must, it must be awful at the moment to just... I'm way overplaying this. I'm just really tired. I don't know, actually like, not. This, this is what we want. This is what podcast is for. We want for. people to cry. That's the... Yeah, if anything. <laughs> most of our guests don't cry. It was and really like, upsetting when Ruben didn't. We, we were tried. fucking furious. Really yeah. hard, actually. And on Zoom, there's nothing you can do. Tim Minchin wouldn't cry. No. He'd do a song. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, and, and like, I think it is, it probably speaks to the fatigue that there is in the world of just endlessly... You see in the media, you see on Twitter, just of this constant barrage of let's blame these people here for whatever else. And it, all that does is start to separate people when they should be coming together. And yeah, it, yeah, I can't imagine how that feels. 
feel like a bit of a cartoon character most of the time, but that's cool because I'm a comedian. We're sort of supposed to be that. Mm. But if you're pushed to like this fringe has been so weird because I'm getting put on such a pedestal, which is really nice when you've got a, a, an ego like mine and a, and a personality in my, like mine. It's nice to be treated all special, but it does sort of separate you from people. And when you're already sort of separated from everyone in the world, so you're not quite a man, but you're not quite a lady. It's really, really weird. Just like a cartoon. Mm. Do you think that becoming better known as as a performer though will kind of get you into that gang of women a bit more. I like, like that we're talking about a gang of women as well. I brought up that phrase, but that there's more than like one gang of women. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, quite a lot of women in the world. <laughs> yeah, if anything, Just women are gang. quite well known for yeah. doing gangs. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> doing uh, gangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shall, we, shall we go and do it? Like, do yeah, a let's do a gang. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Forming, establishing and maintaining <laughs> gangs. I've got lots of lovely female friends, but... Um, they're mostly performers and being a performer makes you sort of uh, singular anyway and you right. are sort of on your own and women in comedy feel like perhaps they have to um, uh, subdue some of their, it's the wrong word but we're using it, subdue some of their feminine qualities to survive in a masculine world which is yeah. an illusion because I think co- the women in comedy right now are smashing it harder than ever. Yeah, anyone. True. Susie spoke about this a bit when we spoke to yeah. Susie. Yeah, yeah, I've said before in the podcast I don't think women in comedy have ever been in such a strong position yeah. as, as certainly British comedy, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, they're all sort of lone wolf characters rather. I don't have a big group of female friends. I don't feel I've ever done that. I've never been able to go out and do cliche stuff. I just do want to do a gang. Cliche. You just want to do no, a gang. I want to do a gang. Yeah, yeah. I just want to do, want a, to gang. do a gang. <laughs> I might do a gang later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds a bit. It's fine. It's fine. Uh... <laughs> hi, hi, Michael. Hi there. Hi. Mark does Edinburgh. <laughs> Available nine ninety nine. I think there's a part of that about being queer though, isn't there? You kind of find your family and you find your tribe and you, you do gangs with your queer family. Do you feel that you've done that? You mentioned that you kind of like a bit of everything. I do like that gender sort of deconstructing a little bit, but it's a really double-edged sword because like it's nice that gender's falling apart and that we're able to acknowledge a genderless spectrum, but also with not to be funny my boobs were very expensive i bought them for the purpose of demonstrating my gender to the world and the people are like oh there's no such thing anymore as a woman i'm like whoa 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 <laughs> slow down right in that Come case three down. steps back <laughs> <laughs> but i was born maybe what five about years my boobs exactly <laughs> i love to be able to say oh i was born in a different time do you know what i mean it's nice things are moving so fast yeah. it's like well i was born five years ago when we didn't have all that yet it's quite cool how old are you john one yeah, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I'm uh, 33 years old. Between yeah. us. Between us. And it does feel as if there's been a fair bit of change, even in the but past. But also, I think know, as like... gender deconstructs, doesn't necessarily still mean that certain body parts will make people feel more comfortable, right? And like, uh, it was probably a joke you said that you bought them to demonstrate your gender, but there's a people have personal relationships with with all their different all their different paraphernalia. And I think they should be able to choose <laughs> them and get, and get them as, as they wish, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, what's that video game that just came out, Cyberpunk? And you can, like, customise all of your genitals and all of your body parts and everything more than ever. And it's set in the future when you probably will be able to do that. I was going to say, this sounds great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, uh, it does make people question. So many pe- people playing that game, they question what they might do and what that opens up. Because you think, oh, it's a flippant decision. I'll just put this combination together. But then you play the game and you are reacted to based on that stuff because you have sexual interactions in the game. It's a very grown-up game. Don't say, buy it for your children. It sounds quite a lot like life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Goosebumps book, but 
but with, yeah. Yeah, 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 but with dicks. But with dicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you don't want goosebumps there. <laughs> um, can you get? No, you can't get them there. Can you? I don't think so. No. All right. <laughs> that razor bird I was talking about earlier, I might have to reassess what that is. It's a podcast that takes on the big questions. We've yeah. always been on the podcast. It's a great question. It was a great. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Mine have been quite erudite questions, and yours was about goosebumps on a dick. So. I, I, I think sometimes we go high culture, sometimes we go low. Yeah. I like that roller coaster. <laughs> we'll move to the final question, but we, we tend to talk about it quite. Oh, that's lovely. That was nice. Little. Flourish there, a little flamenco oh, flourish. I was just enjoying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you were to build a person yeah, from the beginning, what three qualities would you put into them? Right, I've seen that film. It's called Weird Science. What oh. you got to do <laughs> is you get an old fax machine and you put in three pictures of people, and then something comes out the other end. As far as I understand, that's what they did, wasn't it? Um, I, I would. Weird Science. Science. Yeah. Seen the film. Yeah, no. seen weird Science. Has anyone else seen Weird Science? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, good, isn't so it? It's more than us. <laughs> we'll move on. The thing is, obviously, Goldblum's been around Hollywood a lot Was more. Was this Goldblum? Nah. No, well, no, but he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I am uh, actually Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, qualities, right, of a man or a person? Well, this well is, we let's st- do both. Yeah, it always used to be of a man. And then we, we sort of found that a more and more difficult uh, conceit as we went on because so many people objected to the terms of the question because what is a man, what is a person, and so on. So you can sort of take any tack, really. I think someone said this to me the other day and it's amazing and it's how they said they described every successful comedian and I think I am one but I'm not I'm not saying you should all be I, I hold comedians in such high regard is my point yes uh, and what well, someone's yeah, got yeah. to <laughs> they said you're not doing it yourself <laughs> you know it's just true. <laughs> yeah yeah no the real work is being done by bakers anyway uh, carry on um <laughs> Was such a burn. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. Uh, they this said is the final that, yeah. episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the three qualities they said that every comedian has, and I think they're worth taking on board, like to make a perfect person, is intelligence, ambition, and a really healthy amount of self-doubt, because those things play against each other so so well. Self-doubt sometimes I think leads people to act in bad ways oh gosh yeah of course but if we made somebody that was perfect and didn't have anything to bump up against they would take over the world and probably burn it or die like i know that's a bit of a leap (laughs) stay with me right yeah you're right perfection is not an attractive or even desirable idea really what's the guy with the mustache Hitler? Hit, no. <laughs> I so said you that. just said taking over the world, so it, it felt like the first choice guess, probably. <laughs> as soon as I said it, yeah, Charlie Chaplin is who I was thinking of, so it's the same right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played, um, Charlie yeah. Chaplin said... Uh, the guy with the moustache. Yeah. <laughs> he said the most... Uh, I'm paraphrasing. The most terrifying thing is the idea of being completely content because there's nothing to bump up against. We evolved to get hungry, get cold, get too hot get sad so we moved from place to place to consume resources and that's how we evolved our entire brains are meant to be sad for a bit and then get happy if we're just happy you just would sit and and wither and die you'd have no appetites you'd have no desires yeah a life without desires or ambitions is quite frightening so to have only intelligence and ambition with no self-doubt is incredibly dangerous take one of those three things away and it's a super villain right Yeah. yeah it's really the more you think about it the better it is actually yesterday ruben said a strong sense of self and I think that's also true. You want like enough of a sense of self that you know what you're about, but enough doubt to also understand the flaws. But he he said that, humility, but... which I think kind of covers the two almost, because he kind of said, 
if you have a strong sense of self, but you've got, but you're, but you've got humility, you are able to see where you don't necessarily match up to where you should be, which kind of sort of matches. Yeah, the same they're thing. similar answers. You basically want two, two thirds yes. positive qualities to yeah. one third undermining yourself. Self doubt yeah. is nice, nice once in a while <clears throat> to have a little bit of self doubt because it makes you question things, maybe decide on something else, something a bit novel. Oh, I've had curry nine days this week. That's that's more days yeah. than a week. I am filled with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have self doubt about my counting skills. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and exactly, and I doubt. And now I shall reassess and go back and do yeah. GCSE maths. And, <laughs> and I now accept it was four days. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And you meet people. With, we touched on this a bit yesterday as well. You meet people here without self doubt. And, and they're horrifying people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, even yeah. Minchin is, uh, since we mentioned him a couple of times, he's a good example. Uh, Tim, Tim is a guy with one it's of horrifying. The, no, he, he has um, an like, absolutely intact sense of his own talent, importance, intelligence, and how loved he is. But, but he doesn't lack self-doubt. He's still, you know, if he had all those things... He is obviously normal, and this is I've known him since before he was globally successful, but, but I've, he's always been sort of a star when I've known him. But um, his self esteem has grown in proportion with his like international fame, but his self doubt hasn't waned, I don't think. And well, surely it, it increases it. There's more to doubt. Uh, maybe so, because more to live up to, maybe, but basically, yeah. And we can all name, well, maybe you see celebrities who. They have not held on to the self-doubt as the other stuff has increased. And then, yeah, you become a monster. Yeah. And um, you release a thing called Goop on Netflix. What? <laughs> it was, was a Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth joke, but some people got it. Some people didn't. Uh, oh, the idea that Gwyneth Paltrow has She's releasing no... candles that smell like a vagina now. Oh, I've heard of that. She's not one. got enough self-doubt. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never released a range of merchandise that smelled like my dick. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I put, I, I, I've got a fair bit of self doubt left in the bank. I think. Yeah, yeah. probably. Goosebumps by Mark Watson. <laughs> That's it. The end. <laughs> How quickly can we get this on? <laughs> um, that does bring us to the end. But we did ask yesterday, and we'll ask the same question here. I have a backup question just in case. But does anybody have a question that they would like to ask Jordan? Yes. Yeah, good. And if you didn't yes. hear that, just in case the recording didn't pick that up, it's like, um, there's, sort of, there's a stereotype of a, of a sort of a, a Yorkshireman that uh, might not be that accepting of someone being trans. So what was your, what was your dad That's a really good like question. about it? I think of... <laughs> but apparently you can't. Oh, That's I, a... I did, I did get one. <laughs> I always think of people from the North as like, people, the North has had so much hardship and they've, they've, dealt with it and learned and they've got they've just not got enough time to be like annoyed with stuff like people in the north get on with stuff the higher up north you get here included people just too busy to uh be petty about stuff i don't know if that everyone here is really nice and polite all the time my dad is a is a proper yorkshire man and i was too scared to tell him i was transgender so i sent him a text um, a really long text about, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, I think I might be a woman. I know that's a really alien thing to hear. Um, I'm going to probably do something about it and get some pills and get some boobs and stuff. I was so terrified. And he texts back just one sentence. You're always going to be my kid, full stop. And that was it. Amazing. You're always going to be my kid. I was like, fuck. I'm, I mean, I'm a grown up as well. So I hadn't heard that for a while. Like I was like, oh, I am my dad's child. And he just thinks of me as this kid that's got like 
it's sad about something that's wonderful yeah it was it's really nice uh it's, it's as simple as that though isn't it coming out as anything is kind of basically saying to that person am i okay are we okay yeah and he I, basically just said yes which that's is yeah. it he's so proud he's so cool now we're sharing all the reviews and he's sharing them with that's way great. too long of a paragraph of a description <laughs> yeah, yeah, every yeah. single one as well <laughs> my granddad came to the show the other day i didn't know he's coming as mentioned i get completely new <laughs> 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 No one needs that. I don't know why he came. He's so sweet. He's so supportive. Also a Leeds man. Um, and uh, he had no idea what the fuck was going on. Jesus Christ. From the beginning. And then I got nude. This is amazing. I got nude at the end and he sat there. And then at the very, very end, because he's not, he's... he's are, you, uh, are you conscious he's in there by now or not? Oh, for sure. He came yeah, up yeah. at the beginning of the show. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, That's wow. even worse. Yeah. Hello, like, enjoy the show. I'll have my dick out in 45 yeah. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Bang on 45. Bang on 45. And then at the end, I said, oh, round of applause for the, for the most important man in this room, my granddad. He got up, right? Took a little bow to himself. <laughs> then I didn't see him. I'm nude. He came and hugged me and he's got his walking stick up in the air going, oh. yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I was, it was just so accepting because he still is like, oh, it's my grandson. But like, it's because I don't expect anything to change. That's fine. It's really sweet. That he's supportive. He's, an, he's a thespian himself. So he's, he's hugging his his grandchild, not a man or a woman. Yeah. It's like this grandchild with these bits sticking out everywhere that I don't understand. <laughs> it, I'm really proud of them. And then I looked and he's got his stick up in I the air. I love tripping at that one. That sounds amazing. It was really nice. That was a very good question. Thank you Lovely. very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we won't hear my backup question ever. It was about crabs and rhinos but we did that yesterday yeah well. i used to yeah. yesterday yeah we can do it backstage um <laughs> <laughs> we could bypass it today it's gonna be hard to see jordan at the rest of the fringe because well she's just so successful might there be chances to see the show again in the future yeah because we just had some lovely chats it's very very likely going to be coming to a theater in soho i can't tell you which one <laughs> <laughs> massive clue there yeah. if you read between the lines though. <laughs> uh, and uh very very well might be going on a bit of a tour around the nation it's very exciting very, very uh, and all the comedians will cut previews from now on, really. Based don't on ever do previews. No, <laughs> don't even no. write a joke. Just get out there. <laughs> Everything we thought we knew Bring was up, wrong. Channel, you'll be fine. And do then your you, best you, you, and have a silly haircut. Your, uh, your social media is tall dark, at tall dark friend, isn't it? Tall dark friend. I know that sounds really pretentious. I, I don't like know what it, it means. <laughs> I, think, I think it's really funny. Also, what sort of shoe size are we talking here? Because I think I've got big feet, but there's no comparison here. Or no, maybe there is. No, we're about the same. I'm an 11. 11. There we oh, go. Oh, Oh man, <laughs> and that's masculinity. Yeah, I don't hang out with a lot of other elevens. Uh, um, thank you for coming. Just say thank you very, thank very, you very much, much to Jordan, Jordan Gray, everyone. Uh, um. Lots of applause for you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Amazing. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you very Have much. Have a lovely evening, and we'll see you soon. See you thank again. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was Jordan. Uh, Kay, I was going to say, but that wouldn't be accurate. Jordan, uh, Jordan Gray. It rhymes with Ruben Kay, our last guest. That is probably the end of the streak of rhyming guests, though. Um, we don't even know it is a streak, because I don't know when precisely you're listening to this. I think we can all agree whenever you listen to it that Jordan Gray's episode was pretty good, though. Jordan, a fascinating figure who... I, I, it's not even worth saying where you can find her work. It's almost easier to find Jordan than not to now. Since that podcast, she's become pretty much omnipresent. Um... Just to say again, on the impatient production's roof. So apologies for the sound quality of the intro and outro. Um, thanks for listening. Again, you, you we're probably, I don't know exactly what date you're hearing this on, but we're probably very close now to the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, so I hope to see some of you up there in person or at other impatient shows, including my shows in the very near future. 
give us a nice review, please. We will uh, keep endeavouring to bring more Mankind to you as soon as we can. I've been Mark Watson. Michael Tracoverti is out there. He's just not physically here for the uh, intro and outros. And I hope to see him and you again soon. Bye. Have a nice week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 